All right, y'all. Welcome back to Sports Minds, where all roads lead to sports. And we talk ball every season. We are your hosts, Hashmaster Z, Legendarius, and Filthy. Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. What's good? Hey. Ocho. Hey, shout out to LSU and Iowa for, you know, making women's basketball relevant again. We had everybody watching the game. This is live reaction from the boy, Boosie. They did. They did. Larry Bird, come get your daughter. Larry Bird, come get your daughter. They did. Larry Bird, come get your daughter. As you can see, it wasn't really that close. Um, and this was one of the biggest, actually not one of the biggest, this had 9.9 million views, which is the highest women's college basketball game of all time. And the refs still tried to ruin it, yo. They had the whole world watching, and they're like, you know what? Let's get every freaking player of importance in foul trouble. Angela Reese was in foul trouble. Kaylin Clark was in foul trouble. Pretty much like all the damn starters, both teams were in foul trouble. Yeah. But when what the game really came down to, it was, you know, it was a game plan. Iowa was basically like, all right, we're going to make LSU make shots. Like, you know, we'll leave you open from three. Let's see if you can make it. And LSU was like, we got y'all. Uh, they were unconscious. Five players in double figures. They got the win, 102 to 85. 102 points in a women's college basketball game is crazy, especially in a championship game. Uh, it was unheard of until then because they shattered the record previously, which was 98. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was it was just a dope game. It was just cool to see because I feel like with the women's, at least for me, I can see like the X's and O's a little bit more clearly, maybe because they I don't know what it why I can just kind of see like the plays break down a little bit more. So I was just totally loving what, you know, LSU was giving them and what Iowa was trying to take. And they just could not capitalize at all. And then when it was time to get back on defense. Iowa had no shot in hell. Just no shot. No shot. And and uh, just to piggyback on what you were saying about the game plans farming, because I saw that too. And I think it's just mainly because, you know, the the drop off of athletic of athleticism, you know, when it comes to, you know, men's basketball, professional or college to women's. But I'd have to say the game ran a lot more smoothly in the women's games. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it's, I, I just got to say, this is my, this is probably like the first women's basketball game I ever was invested in all four quarters because I wanted to watch the the legend herself, Caitlin Clark. She didn't disappoint. She got in foul trouble, but who cares? Angela yeah. Reese did her thing. Um, I, I was sorry, Angel Reese, sorry. <laughs> uh, she did her thing. Um, I heard about her in the beginning of the season because I remember she was talking about the criticism she received on, you know, how she was and, and all that. And I'm glad, yeah, I'm glad to see LSU win at the, you know, at the end of it all. Um, but it was a, yeah, I mean, it's cool when you see two stars, you know, actually shine on the biggest stage. So well, I don't want to, let's not get past the undercover player of the game, in my opinion, which was actually uh, Jasmine Carson shooting oh. lights out five or six from three, seven to eight field goals. It was just great to see. Absolutely. Like, thank you. I felt like Iowa was trying to, you know, oh, here, go ahead, shoot. We don't care about you. Okay, tight. I'm just going to take it. And they just never adjusted. And they just let her get her shit off. And she took advantage, took this spotlight, made it about her. She killed it. It was great. Yeah, uh, 100%. And uh, as we all know, we heard all week, uh, you know, the game ended in controversy. We we previewed it. We said that, you know, we want this in the women's game. We like the trash talk. So clearly we don't have any problem with it. But, um, you know, Angel Reese received a lot of backlash initially um, yeah. or, you know, taunting Caitlin Clark. And we're going to play her clip real quick and then we'll discuss. All year I was critiqued about who I was. Nobody, I don't, yeah, yeah, the narrative, I don't fit the narrative. I don't fit in the box that y'all want me to be in. I'm too hood, I'm too ghetto. Y'all told me that all year. But when other people do it, y'all don't say nothing. So this was for the girls that look like me, that's gonna speak up on what they, they believe in. It's unapologetically you. 
And that's what I did it for tonight. This was for the more than, it, it was bigger than me tonight. It was bigger than me. Twitter is going to go in a rage every time. All right. So speaking of Twitter going in a rage, Oof. let's talk about this tweet. Bill, you the Twitter man. So what was you seeing on Twitter? I was just seeing uh, a lot of the, you know, a lot of what you expect right as the action happens. You know, we have special individuals like Danny Cannell, former ESPN douchebag, you know, out speaking his mind, uh, talking absolutely opposite. We have, uh, I don't want to give shine to the other account, uh, but we know who it is calling Reese a fucking idiot. Well, you know, and I just don't, I just say, you know, that's what happens every time, you know, uh, we embarrass the the white heroes, and then the people come in white night, and then it's just mayhem. We've seen that across every type of media. So women's basketball, no different. And like grown ass men attacking young ass women. You guys are fucking insane individuals. Maybe go fuck your wife. Oh, I'm sorry, this is a family show. Maybe we're not a family show, but the point remains the same. I don't understand why we're attacking young women for absolutely doing their jobs on the court, doing their jobs as students. And yep. the better person won, and it wasn't Caitlin Clark. Oh my God, how mind blowing! Now you know it's bad when Jason Whitlock is actually coming to defend a black person, and we know yeah. Jason Whitlock yeah. is one of the bigger <laughs> uncle ruckuses of our sports community, and he absolutely came and defended Angel Reese because it makes no sense how you're just blaming up somebody. I mean, I'd feel the same if if uh, there was a shoe on the other foot and Clay and everyone's going against uh, Reese on the other side, then I'd say, okay, you guys are being fucking crazy too. But it's not the same. This is a reality. Everyone's going hard for Clark. And I, it was just totally unfair, totally crazy to see. And yeah, I agree with Reese. Every other black person or everyone else who's a minority, step up, own your shit. If you beat the top person, beat the top person. Do what you got to do. Yep, uh, I, I agree. And it was just, uh, at least on my side, from what I see, because I'm not on Twitter, but Instagram, same shit. You know, you saw, you know, you saw people coming out the woodworks, classless, you know, blah, 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 blah. When they clearly, clearly have, it, it shows that they either A, it turned a blind eye to Caitlin, you know, Caitlin Clark, waving off, you know, waving off the opposing team on South Carolina, talking mess. And it's okay. I love that stuff, you know? And I just, it just sucks that you're watching such a big game and it's marred by stupid stuff like this like this like we're gonna remember the after effects more than the actual game you know at least with uh the general public size so sports yeah. folks like us we're gonna remember the game lsu bullied them uh took advantage of the open shots and uh you know it's a it's a it's a making shots league you know uh basketball is a you know, it's a make your shot game and LSU made more. So that's what I would like to remember from it, but it's just, you know, you know, my hat goes off to both, you know, both these stars, you know, Caitlin did her thing as much as she can and Angel Reese facilitate, you know, facilitated, got her double doubles, breaking records in that way. Um, you know, but it's just a shame that we had to be divided in this whole ordeal where it's just like, we just wanted to watch a good game. You know, we didn't have to make it this, we didn't have to go down this road, but since you want to go down this road, we <laughs> we're ready for all the smoke type stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah well, for also, real. Well, we got to look at it. Like think about it from Angel Reese's perspective. She was the defending national player of the year. She's a team leader going into this game. They're in the championship game. All you're hearing, Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark. And then you see her doing what she did to Louisville and the South Carolina in terms of the taunting. Nobody's saying anything. So she's like, oh, we're going to get, you know, hyping your teammates up. It's like, yo, we going at them and we going to get them back. She doing the can't see me. We going we to hit her with the can't see her after we yeah. get the W. She did say that right after that game. You're right. She did say, oh, we're coming for you because we don't like that. Yeah. So she called it out beforehand and she backed it up. So I feel like it's always one of those situations where I'm not even going to, well, we won't, I won't go to it being men versus women yet. We're going to get there. But it's one of those situations, regardless of what it is, everyone likes the drama. It was like, oh, he like, they called it out and then they backed up what they said. But she did it, and LSU did it. But you know, they gritty in. They they really flexing. You know what I mean? That's really what it comes down to. Like in our culture, like for you know, black 
black America, like that's hard. You're like that's the culture. It's like, yo, turn up. You got the W. Like you do what you yeah. want. And uh, I feel like that's what it goes going deeper. Like in our culture, no matter what, growing up, somebody you know beats you, trash talking you, whatever. It's like, well, beat them, so they ain't got nothing to say. You know what I mean? Exactly. Go get your get back. But I'm, I, you know, I can't speak to white culture, but it just feels like, oh, you know, uh, you need to have good sportsmanship. And it's just like, bruh, no, <laughs> that, ain't how, that ain't how it goes, especially not in sports and like yeah. high level sports, high level competition. Like you think Brady had, you think Brady, oh, we don't even got it. I don't even have to go to you think. I know. Do we, did we forget what the Bengals were doing pregame? <laughs> yeah. It's- Exactly. You we forget? You, you know, oh my! Thank Hold you. Oh, let me drop. This is the mayor of Cincinnati. We're headed to Burrowhead Stadium for their second consecutive AFC Championship game. Whereas Joseph Lee Burrow, who's three and zero against Mahomes, has been asked by officials to take a paternity test, confirming whether or not he's his father. We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. Yeah, baby. Let that your mind. We'll see y'all in Burrowhead. Yeah, such it's, a great oh, moment. Hold up, hold up, and and this one, this was a great moment as well. Oh, your own, I see. Yeah, I'm smoking the Joe Burrow. You smoking on the Joe Burrow? I'm smoking on the Joe Burrow. <laughs> How's it feel to be headed back? No, to- nobody was saying. Nobody was saying. Kelsey was classless. Nobody was saying the mayor was classless. Nobody was saying Mahomes' <laughs> dad was classless. Mahomes was classless. But homegirl doing you can't see me. She's classless. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I, and I think it's so stepping outside the race realm. I think it's a women thing, too, where it's like, oh, as a lady, we expect you to act a certain way. You know, in the moment you become boisterous or, um, oh, you yeah, know, all that or, type of you're, you're very loud. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's not ladylike. And it's like, no, nah, F that. These are high level athletes. But you Every athlete deserves the, the, the deserves the right to do and talk their talk as long as they get back it up, which they did. So yeah, I don't see a problem. And, and like coach, and like you said, legendarius, I can't speak on white culture like that, but I know when it comes to us, if you don't like it, beat them. Yeah, and the coach didn't see a problem with it. The school didn't see a problem with it. Caitlin Clark didn't see a problem with it. They had her on ESPN. This was her response. Yeah, you know, I don't think Angel should be criticized at all. Um, you know, no matter which way it goes, um, you know, she should never be criticized for what she did. Um, you know, I'm just one that competes and she competed. So um, I think everybody knew there was going to be a little trash talk in the entire tournament. It's not just me and Angel. So, um, you know, I don't think she should be criticized. Like I said, um, LSU deserves it. They played so well. And like I said, I'm a big fan of hers. So why are we crying? Like everyone's like, Caitlin Clark can't defend herself. You know what I mean? That's what it felt like. It's like, oh, and then we got the what it could have been. This could have turned into a fight. If these were men, uh, it would have been, they would have fought. Bro, men fight all the fucking time in sports. Yes. Like all the time. I mean, it's only for like two seconds because everyone jumps in and breaks it up. But it's just like we when they get in fights, are they classless? Which one's worse? Taunting somebody or actually like swinging? Right. Exactly. I thought the quote was especially telling because why should I thought it was telling in the way that I why does another competitor have to get on the platform to defend another competitor? And hey, it's all gamesmanship. Like, why does why is it on Caitlin Clark that has to come in and kind of reset the market? Like, guys, what are we talking about here? Like, if you have grown ass men, you have grown ass whatever saying what anything, and it comes down to the player on the other side, guys, let's cool it. Come on, I've never seen, I've never seen anyone come out the woodwork for the opposite team talking about guys. What, what's going on here? What's going on? Like, she's the voice of reason in this moment. Like, that's very telling that uh, the actual player has to come out and be the voice of reason amongst a realm full of grown-ass adults yeah yeah and if anything angel reese is kind of like she's like that draymond green type and i feel like i was like is draymond classless like maybe 
<laughs> They'll make that argument when they want to. That's just some that's just some warrior shade. But he I mean, in all reality, he's not. Like he's a competitor. He will yeah. do what it takes to win. He's gonna have his teammates back. And then after he wins, he gonna talk dirty. Like Draymond was talking crazy. I mean, not crazy, but he was like taunting after uh the Warriors got their chips. Like oh, this okay. happens all the time in sports, and every single time you never hear anybody complaining about it. But this time, everyone's like up in arms about it. And let's not and I can't let this slide, bro. After the game or the next day, whatever, we got Ooh. Jill Biden saying, I think both teams should uh come to the White House. Like I wanna invite both of the teams. Like, no. oh really? Really? So in the history of sports where it's always the champion that goes to the white house we're gonna invite the losers this time you think if iowa won and lsu lost we inviting lsu she's still gonna say that statement i don't think so I, you know what i'm gonna go back to what uncle shay shay said uh after that game he said see this is this is that stuff skill <laughs> you know no but for, for real how do you invite the loser like sports is all about what? Winning. Winning. And it's not even like it was a close game. It wasn't like they lost 102 to 101 off of a fluky call. They got they got blown out. Let's just yeah. say what it was. Um, and you're over here saying like both they, oh, they played so hard. Okay, they lost. So what? And I in in uh, and the fact that that this was brought up to the national attention that it's it's sickening because you know good and darn well if a team played hard and lost you have you know you 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 missed your chance to go into the white house and that's fine keep it that way i don't care if somebody played hard i don't care if somebody dropped 60 points out of you know out of 88 like you're not going that's okay you know just play better (laughs) <laughs> they doing participation trophies out here, Brett. Right. Well, exactly. what's really sickening too, more than anything, is like everyone wants to focus on, like, okay, we got the ref story, we got like Reese versus freaking America story. No one's talking about the actual real problem of dysfunction in the game, which was LSU coach Kim Mulkey breaking literally every single rule written and not <laughs> no enforcement whatsoever. Like, what are we talking about? If the game is actually called with her missteps in mind the margin of of victory is way wider than what it was she never got penalized for joining iowa huddles for touching refs for straight walking onto the court mid-game like why do they paint the line on the floor for they she just let her do anything it was a perfect encapsulation of how certain individuals are allowed to move in this world which is you can break and bend the rules and it's okay i mean did you see her outfit do you really want that smoke well, shit, dude. I gotta do something. <laughs> I mean, I agree, but that just goes back to the refs. The refs were terrible. Um, pretty much the entire tournament. I'm not even gonna boil it down to one game. They were terrible yeah. the entire tournament. And in the championship game, they were even more terrible. Like, touch fouls. But it was just absurd. Touch fouls, garbage technicals. Like, what are we doing? Yeah. Oh, my God. The T's were driving me up the wall. Yeah. Yeah, I, whew, like you said, foul trouble ruined like ruined like the flow of the game. Honestly, because it was just like if Caitlin played the whole time, if Angel Reese played the whole time, who knows? Who knows what would have happened? Probably yeah. it would have been more of a landslide, but I don't know. Like, and and I, I just think like the bad officiating really disrupted like the pure flow of the game. So yeah, and also just. You know, if we're thinking it, thinking about it from Angel Reese's perspective, going into the game, no, like not a lot of people were mentioning her to the point that they are now. So it's like, low key, she she blew up because of all this. <laughs> and yeah, she really did. She has like this online brand, and people have been like buying the hell out of her stuff. Like she's definitely blew up from this. Her clothing brand's blown up. She's definitely made that profitable margin she's been looking for. Yeah, and every. This was like the best outcome for women's sports. They had the most views ever. They had controversy that kept us talking about it for like the days 
following. That's probably like the most public publicity that you know women's sports has gotten in a while. We need more of that. Mic them up, like we said last week. Yes, mic them up. Well, even more so to your point, freaking uh, Iowa is actually, they had to stop selling tickets because everyone's been trying to buy up season tickets and this game, that game. They had to shut it down. So the fortunate for Clark and uh, Iowa as well, like everyone's going to be eating off this. Um, All the right people anyways, they're going to be eating off this. Yeah. And let's keep it real. The women's tournament (laughs) or women's championship game and tournament in general that got more that got talked about more than the men's championship which was kind of just you know <laughs> one-sided UConn completes their dominant run they won every game by double digits and uh it wasn't even entertaining to be honest no yeah it wasn't I'm watching that I'm just like things yeah. are happening and it's like all care. right <laughs> yeah yeah I didn't care about the men's tourney like that uh after my brackets went to shit so <laughs> day one <laughs> right yeah so, day so, one I was, I was done i was like no i'll get back <laughs> next year and i did bless the the listeners once again three three i went three and oh that day for the free bets yukon got the dub points went over 132 and adama go over 16 and a half points barely 17 points but <laughs> win is a win is a win baby yes sir yeah, you guys are really missing out. If you're if you're not money hunting, uh, you're missing out. Get your money. It's free. He's giving you free money. Money. Well, I feel like that about wraps. You know, we we don't want to beat a dead horse too much longer. Um, Angel Reese already did that to Iowa. You know what I'm saying? Hey. hey. <laughs> you're gonna make him mad. Let's talk the real. Let's talk the real professional basketball, cause uh, we getting down to the wire. Hold on in. Let's go. He's on fire. Let's go. We talking basketball. Uh, the playoff picture is pretty much set now. Let's let's talk about the East first. Mm. Let's do it. In the East, top six seeds. We got the Milwaukee Bucks at the they're gonna be the one seed. We got the Celtics, they're gonna be two. Sixers are gonna be three. Cavs in the four seed. We got the Knicks in the five seed. Fuck your life! Bing bong! And we got the Nets in the six seed. Fuck your life! Bing bong! York <laughs> is back, baby. Uh, and then for the playing tournament in the East, it's set. So we got the Heat against the Hawks, and we got the Raptors against the Bulls. Playing. What we feeling? Who 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 y'all got coming out out of the playing tournament? Let's talk. Let's talk the first games first, and then our predictions for that final that final game. So Miami versus Atlanta. Who you got? I got Miami. They they've been looking really strong uh, to close out the season. Um, I really like what they've been putting out. Uh, the Hawks. I mean, you can't really count out uh, Trey. I guess you know, right? But I just like what Miami's been doing. They're kind of getting together at the right time, and just overall, they've been upsetting the right teams at the right time. I think it's kind of leaning their way. I mean, Jimmy Butler's looking great, and uh, I think Miami's gonna get this one. You know, Miami's. Uh, yeah, I agree. So Miami's. Uh, overall identity is Jimmy Butler's grittiness. So I think, and we all know that Jimmy Butler kind of coasts throughout the season, you know, some games he'll just ball out, but that's not really his style until it's like, okay, crunch time. Then you're going to see him pull more tricks out of his bag. Uh, The Hawks. Yes. They can score a lot of points, but they can't stop a soul and Miami plays defense. So uh, I'm going Miami. I feel you. I got Miami all the way. You can't even count. I mean, we didn't even mention the coach, Coach Spolstra, one of the best coaches in the league, um, future Hall of Famer. Give him one game against the Hawks. I feel like that's going to be easy work for Miami, which will put them in a first-round matchup with the Celtics, which is not going to be too easy for the Celtics. So (laughs) possible upset alert there. Um, And then you got Toronto against the Bulls. Who you got coming out of that one? 
Mm. Ooh, this one's a bit more of a tighter one for me. Yeah. <laughs> just because I feel like they have a lot of overlay in terms of defensive identity. It could go cold on offense at any time. So it's very, uh, I feel like it's a toss-up. If I got to choose feet to the fire, I'm going to go with the Raptors just because I am a Siakam fan. I like the way he's beginning yeah. in there. And all you need is Van Vliet to really wake up the one time, and it could be a long day along with uh, Gary Trent Jr. Do you want? Bro, we are on the same wavelength because I was like, hey, I'm actually a Fred Van Fleet fan. Uh, Van Vliet. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a big fan. <laughs> He's a part of the fleet. This guy. I'm dying. But yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think Toronto, I, I, first of all, I think it's going to be a good game. You got a good storyline because it's DeRozan against Toronto. You know, they traded. Yeah. Way. so good line there but i do agree toronto they're just better all-around team they got the better coach better roster and i'm taking it one step further not only are they going to beat the bulls but they're going to beat the hawks and they're going to make the playoffs to get swept <laughs> or you know four four and one against the bucks yeah probably like four and one against the Bucks. yeah i think they can still a game but you, you, so you got Toronto over the Hawks as well. Yeah, I like I. I think when we get to this junction of the season, defense matters. So, you know, it, making a stop and making a bucket. So, I, I think Toronto could do that against the Hawks. Agreed. And I, I do like the Bulls. You know, I definitely like you know Levine, I like Kobe White, and all them. I mean, the roster. It's they've got a ways to go, but I just think when it comes push comes to shove they cannot get over the intensity that toronto can bring in the late uh fourth quarter toronto's intensity what about pat bev's intensity (laughs) he's gotta find someone to say they're too small you know he's gotta find that guy no that's (laughs) you cannot taunt people in sports that's classless that's right. classless. Come on. Get him out. Get him out. Unacceptable. You're right. Classless piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> can't be having that, bro. Um, and so in the West, there's still a little, there's a little bit of wiggle room, but this is how it's going to go. Top four seeds are set. Denver's yes. the one seed. Grizzlies are the two seed. Kings are the three seed. The Suns are the four seed. As it stands right now, the Warriors are the five seed and the Clippers are the six seed. The Clippers have two games, but once this uh, pod drops, they'll have one game. They should win both games if they want to. The Clippers have the tiebreaker over the Lakers. The Lakers have the tiebreaker over the Warriors. So the Warriors cannot lose a game on purpose. The Clippers can lose a game on purpose. Which I think they will. I think they will too because nobody wants to play the Suns in that five spot. So if I had to call it, and you know, this is Steve Ballmer, Ty Lu, these are smart people. The Clippers are gonna drop a game on purpose because they're they're playing today against Portland, I believe. That's an easy win. Portland isn't even playing their starters anymore. So they could easily win Portland and then just sit everybody tomorrow. Yep. Warriors have to win tomorrow. They're also playing Portland, so that's an easy win for the Warriors. But they have to win that game, or else they're going to be in the play-in. Not that they wouldn't win the play-in game, but why would you put yourself in that situation if you don't have to? Exactly. Yeah. That's a that's a risk. And uh, just a quick question: Are the Warriors at home against no. Portland? Oh, against Portland, they're on the road, but it doesn't matter. They're, Portland's not playing any of their starters. Okay. Yeah, that's that's a fact. Okay, cool. So, um, that's the so that's the stage for that. I really hope we get uh, Suns Warriors in the first round, so the Suns can send their ass packing. <laughs> and uh, that sets up the playing games. So we got the Lakers against the Pels right now, mm. and we're looking at the Wolves against OKC. Ooh, okay. Well, I don't want to be biased. Ah, fuck it. Lakers are going to take it as far as the Pelicans go. Um, 
I, I, I don't see a scenario where Lakers lose if Anthony Davis plays like he's been playing, um, motivated. Um, LeBron is clearly uh, still getting his legs back. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I, I think the Lakers have really good rotating pieces to where it's like, oh, okay, no, they, they got this. Yeah. Um, and then when it comes to the, the Wolves and OKC, hmm, that's a little tougher. Um, I like OKC's, I like Shea, uh, you know, Shea Alexander. So Shea Gilgis or Gilgis, uh, why can I pronounce it? SGA, it's okay. Why do you keep trying to, why do you keep SGA. trying to? SGA. All right. Stop the cap. All right, stop it. Stop the cap. You can't pronounce the words, Hashmaster. Just go SGA. <laughs> SGA still. <laughs> well, uh, I want to start there as well. I want to start with the Wolves OKC and then work backwards. Um, okay. I, I'm really I'm an undercover OKC fan. They've been so good for uh, they've been undercover good for so long, and I'm speaking that also as a better because they won me just oogles of money upsetting the right teams before the All Star break for years now, and um, it's great for me. But finally, all their draft picks are playing off. All their secret game plan has been working off. I kind of wish Chet Holmgren didn't get sniped in the in the preseason because I would have loved to see him play his first year. But we're about to see a run of what's to come, which is OKC always going to be a dark horse right there in the play-in. You're always going to be hovering there for a very long time, in my opinion, just because the dearth of picks they had and the players that they're getting with those picks. And, and like, Lou Dort's killing it. Joss giddy oh man i'm such a fan of that guy sga as a hash master already said like they have nice pieces on paper it's just a matter of putting it together consistently i think once you get chet back plus your future picks man they're going to be such a force but sticking to this game versus the t wolves man i think they really have a chance to pull one over on the t wolves i'm not gonna lie that team doesn't scare me whatsoever it really doesn't um okc i just think they're just they're just savvy enough to where they can pull out and actually end up beating them by about five points. Uh, I think OKC is going to pull that out. I think I got that. Well, I, I, I like that analysis. Well, um, I hate to burst your bubble, but the Wolves are going to beat the dog shit out of, a, out of OKC. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see it. They got all vets. All vets on that squad. You give them vets one game. You got Mike Conley, you got slow-mo Kyle Anderson, you got Gobert, you got Carl Anthony Towns, and you got Anthony Edwards. Like, just matchup-wise, OKC doesn't have any big men. They're going to get abused in the post by either player, whether it's Gobert or Carl Anthony Towns. Like, Lou Dort can maybe slow down Anthony Edwards, but Anthony Edwards could be like a, a decoy in this game. I feel like the Wolves are too, too deep. OKC is too SGA-dependent. And SGA, although, you know, he does get busy in the regular season, like if you just, you know, shade the defense and also you have Gobert, who's like the best shot blocker in the league, uh, he's not going to be getting to the paint like he usually does. It's going to be a rise in intensity. And, you know, it's it's a playoff game, even though it's a play in, it's a playoff game. I'm going with the experience. I'm going with the Wolves. OKC is just happy to be there. Okay. Well, speaking of. Being and the happy about to, to be bust there. that ass, bro. Let's not even exactly. stop it. The Lakers about to bust that ass. I think Brandon Ingram will get busy for the Pels, but Anthony Davis is going to be a monster in this game. Nobody could guard him. And from there, it's over. Like, that's really it. Lakers going to bust that ass. We're going to be the seventh seed. See you on Memphis. What's up, Ja? Uh yeah, I'm not I'm not messing around here. Uh, I think the Lakers. I think the bullshit stops here with the play-in. Uh, I think Cam's done with the roto. I think he's done with this and that. I think once the play-in, it's fuck it. We're hitting the fan. We're hitting the ground running. And assuming AD is gonna land okay every time he leaves the ground, it's gonna be a long day inside the paint for the Pels. And I just think Reeves is just gonna fucking assault the Pelicans yeah. mid-range. And pro, I pro, completely pro. trust what the what everyone else going to do. Vanderbilt, all them. Like I have no faith. I mean, I have no like fear whatsoever on the Pels. I think the bullshit stops here, and we begin to push. Um, and speaking of being happy to be there, and the buck stops here. Whoo, Mavericks, man, eliminated. I, I, I just, I just, I just wanted to point that out. 
that's just that's insane on how they started off as the four seed and slid down slid 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 all the way to out of the playoffs completely hold on that is an absolute disgrace hold on before we go down that road we still got that one game remaining so who do you got you got the pels uh, or you guys picked OKC. I picked the Wolves. Who do you got? I picked the eight? Lakers. Oh, yeah, he picked the. He started first with that. He he completely glossed over the Pels. It was like, yeah, Lakers. No, 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 no. I mean, so the Pels are gonna lose to the Lakers. So then they're gonna have to play the winner of the Wolves OKC for the eight spot. Who you got? Oh, got you. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. After this, no, for me, yeah, like I said, the bullshit ends. So after the Pels, whoever comes out, Thunder, Wolves, uh. I mean, good night. Like I said, I I'm fully once we're now that we're here, we're locked in. Now I can fully brandish all my purple and gold. Fuck that. You're fucked, Wolves. You're <laughs> fucked, KC. Okay, we're getting there. That's not my question. Who is gonna get the eighth seed? Wolves. Oh yeah, sure, sure. The Wolves. You guys both just said that OKC was gonna beat the Wolves. Oh crap! Right, sure the game say. doesn't matter to me because they're gonna lose. It doesn't oh, matter. Oh my god! <laughs> I think the Wolves can give Denver a run for their money. <laughs> I, right, I don't. Right, Whoever about... comes out the eight, like they're done. Four yeah, or five games, they're done. The eight, like I just feel Denver is going to either a sweep them or you know, uh, gentlemen sweep with five. So. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. But totally my bad. No, I that's my bad because you did lay that question out correctly. I just completely looked over them because I don't see between the Thunder and the Wolves, this is their this is their postseason and this is their finals wrapped up in one game. I don't believe they're going anywhere. That's it. Yeah. So it, I just overlooked them at all. So that was totally yeah, my bad. Got you. But you have both of them, whatever that team is, you have them beating the Pels. You think the Pels are done? Right. Yeah, I do. Correct. Fair, fair. I'm with you. I think the Wolves are going to get the eighth seed. And I don't think they're going to beat Denver, but matchup-wise, I think they can give them some problems. Again, it's the playoffs. It comes down to vets. And the Wolves got some players, man. So, anybody – I I really just want Jokic to lose in the first round again so I can be like, this is your MVP? <laughs> well, but you know this what? Is I, was something, I was listening to some – I forgot what I was listening to, but something very interesting where MVP, MVP – Sorry, I, I, Hashim, you're rubbing off on me. The MVP nah. voters, they came through, and uh, he said, actually, like, oh, I'm kind of hesitant about this whole voting thing because if Jokic wins again, you know, that's three in a row. Giannis has two, Embiid has zero. So if I go Embiid, then it's like Embiid has one, Giannis has two, and Jokic has two. Okay, that kind of looks better. And he was just talking about the psychology of the voting and kind of why he was leaning Embiid. And I'm just like, wow, so are we voting on merit here or are we voting based on – we don't want the stats to look a certain way in the future. So, I mean, that's really their own problem, right? They vote on these players. This is, they created this problem, but it's just very telling that now the rhetoric is this at this point in the voting season. Yeah. I I think the MVP should just be predicated on who is the best player hands down that year without, you know, like who cares if they miss time and you have a winning record. It's like, how much better are they when they are playing? You know, and I mean, I'm not saying that Embiid is the best player in the NBA right now because I think that's, you know, I mean, I, I I don't think so. I think he's top five, top three. You put him in that. But, I mean, every time he's gone against Joker, it's not, you know, from, if I'm not mistaken, they've won. So, and he dropped 47 on that man. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I feel like for Jokic and – it's not fair. It's the way that it is when you're a multiple time MVP, especially when you win back to back and you're going to win again, then they're going to factor in more than just um, the regular season because it's just like, okay, you're the MVP first time and you got bounced in the second round or you got swept actually Suns and four. Um, and then the following year you got bounced in the first round in five games. And one thing that I can't stand cause he got the MVP with his team being a six seed and they made all the excuses in the world for him. It's like, he didn't have his best players there and this and that, like basically everything that happened with Westbrook when he was also a six seed and got the MVP. And then they went back and said, Oh, that was a huge mistake. But with Jokic, it's not a huge mistake. And, um, 
they're yeah, I, making, I love that argument. Making excuses for him. It's like I don't want to hear the excuses. You gave it to him as a six seed. He got bounced in the first round. You gave it to him the year before. He got swept by the Suns. Like he's not the best player. We're done with this. He puts up. He puts up a nice stat line. He's a he's a he's an efficient player. He puts up nice stats, but he's not the most valuable. Agree. Yeah. Or maybe he is the most valuable, but he's just not the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like at this point, what is the criteria as you know for MVP? Most or or should we just rename it most outstanding player? Well, that's what I feel yeah. like is the the criteria changes all the time because. I mean, Nash won back-to-back because the Suns had the best record in the league and he was the best player when clearly Kobe was the best player in those years. Um, So the criteria just changes with whoever basically wants to push the narrative because if we really wanted to go down that road, the Bucks have the best record, Giannis is MVP. Yep, I totally agree. I totally agree. And even to your point, Legendarius, I, 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 that's something I think about often, even before this season, or really every season when it comes to the NBA. You, the criteria keeps changing, the goalpost keeps moving, and then you just form your logic based around whatever player you want to try and, like, make the MVP. It's yeah. just just not clear, like, every single year. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, and they want to factor in games played, which is fair to an extent. Um, you know, you got to play I feel like you got to play at least like 60 out of the 80 games to be like, yeah, 60. I, I that's fair. Um, but anyways, now uh, back to the Mavs, they were the four seed, like Hatchmaster said, and now they're officially eliminated. I think they did it on purpose, bro. Why? <laughs> Why? Because last night, if you were trying to get into the play in game, I think he would have played Kyrie Irving or Tim Hardaway or Josh Green or Christian Wood. You know, you're yeah, fucking, you're right, you're right. You know, your fucking starters. I think he would play them if you want to uh, actually, you know, make it into the playing game. And I think Luca would play more than 13 minutes. Yeah, no, I, I get, I, I get what you're saying, like um, the on um, purpose thing. But it's like, what is the end goal here? What, like it? Well, I just feel it. It sends a bad message from ownership and all that stuff where it's like, all right, we're not going to win anything anyway. So sit out. And then I just feel that's a loser's mentality because it's like, I'm you, let me break you know, it down. So what? I said, let me break it down for you. Okay. Okay. So break the it down. Mavs, the Mavs made the Porzingis trade with the Knicks a few years ago. They have a right. top 10 pick protected this year. So basically what happens is if the Mavs make the playing game, their pick is automatically going to the Knicks. But if they don't make the playing game and they end up getting a top 10 pick, they get to keep that pick. So I feel like they got, they had the realization as this whole thing is starting to like spiral downhill. They're like, all right, like, even if we make the playoffs, we're going to get destroyed in the first round. So let's just like not even bother with the play in. Let's start to tank and cross our fingers that we get to keep our pick and then we can rebuild from there. Or if we are going to trade Kyrie, now we got Kyrie and a top 10 pick. That's more attractive than just like, Hey, you guys want Kyrie? I know we just got him and like we started losing games, but (laughs) whereas if you're like, I'll give you Kyrie and a top 10 pick, give me some pieces that I need around Luca, which is basically the pieces they traded away initially. Well, let me provide an alternative for you because Lucas, I believe he's on his, he's about done with his deal. So isn't there a possibility he can try and get out of the Mavs this season, uh, this off season, get a trade? No, he can't leave till 2024 and they're not going to trade Luca. No, they're not. Like this isn't the NFL. Like we're like, Lamar could walk. Uh, like well, yeah, NBA walk. they have more Luka, power. Luka can walk, yes, he does have that power. But like the Mavs are gonna do everything in their power to cater to Lucas. Like we will give you literally everything that you request. Do not leave. Which is which I think is interesting because at least what I'm kind of gleaning from watching Luca these past years, I think this dude just wants a chance at a fucking run. I think that's really what it is. I think he's fuck everything else. He just wants a run. So I mean, if the, well, if the, the Mavs can create that for him, sure. Year. Yeah, I mean they had a. Well, this is what this is what the problem is. They had 
you know, the makings of that run last year with Brunson. And then once again, Mavs front office dropped the ball. They could have got Brunson for $50 million midseason last year. They didn't want to give him the offer. So then it's like, all right, if you make me wait till the offseason, there's not going to be any loyalty. So they wait till the offseason, and then he goes to the Knicks. He's like, I'm not even negotiating with y'all. I'm going to the Knicks. My dad is a coach on the roster. Peace out. So Yeah, exactly. Luca's perspective is like, you let Brunson walk. And then on top of that, Brunson goes crazy this year. It's like, and we just let this guy walk. And what do we get back in return? Oh, we got absolutely nothing for Brunson. And then – you brought in Christian Wood and JaVale McGee, who, like, JaVale McGee doesn't even play. Christian Wood does nothing. And then, like, midseason, you make this trade for Kyrie. It's not working. So, like, do you guys know what you're doing? Because I went from carrying this team with the four seed to now we're not even in the play-in. So it doesn't seem like you guys know how to build a roster. So let me go somewhere where they do know how to build a roster. Exactly. Yeah. Sure. It's messy. But at least I'm not a Mavs fan. Yeah. Right. <laughs> same, same. But, uh, yeah, man. Playoff. So do, we buy, do we buy any of these teams in the top four in the West? Like, okay, let me be specific. Do we buy the Kings actually making a reasonable amount of noise? In They'll be out. Or what? No. The Kings, They'll be out. If, they, if the Kings play the Clips uh, and the Clips don't have a – Paul George, I can see the Kings winning that series, but at, but after that, no. Uh, yeah, basically. For me, the, the Suns are the best team. Yeah. Now, there's a nothing stat out there, which is the Suns are 8-0 since uh, KD. KD. Like, in games KD plays, the Suns haven't lost a game, which is fine. It's like That's cool and all, but, like, literally the last four games they've played, they played against backups. So I want to hear I want to hear the stat. They haven't really like played against like any high level competition in any of those games. But regardless, it's Kevin Durant, it's Devin Booker, Chris it's Paul. It's TJ Warren. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the I think the cream of the crop in the in the West and it comes down to their health and um you know other than that, you can't really call it. I feel like it's the Suns and then it's everybody else. But, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm going to go hard for my Lakers. Yeah. <laughs> Are we realistically buying the Grizzlies too? Or, like, I feel like I, I just all of our talks so far of the West, I feel like we don't really buy the Nuggets. We don't buy the Grizzlies. We don't buy the Kings. Uh, we The Suns we're on agreement with. And then the Clippers and Warriors, we, I mean, we kind of don't buy any of these teams outside of the Suns, right? And the Lakers. Yeah, I mean, the Grizzlies, they're just injured. They're too injured. Like, yeah. they don't seem like big injuries, but they are. Brandon Clark, torn Achilles. That's a big injury. Steven Adams still out, right? Steven Adams is, is still out. And even if he does come back, all right, Steven Adams hasn't played in, like, four months. Yeah. Like, he's not really going to be a factor. And considering they're going to be matched up against the Lakers – who is guarding Anthony Davis? I know it ain't Steven Adams. He cannot guard AD. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, what was it, Jaron Jackson? Yeah, Jared Jackson can't guard AD. Jaron Jackson not, not the whole can't guard anybody. The man is always in foul trouble. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm not really buying the Grizzlies, and and it just it just works out the way that it works out. If you remember when the Grizzlies played the Wolves last year in the playoffs. Who was locking up Jaw? Do you guys remember? I believe it was Pat Bev, no? No, it was Jared Vanderbilt. Oh. Got the clamps, baby. He got the size. He got the clamps. So he's going to lock up Jaw. It's just it's a bad matchup for the Grizz, man. And the fact that, you know, the Lakers got dogs outside of LeBron and AD. So, you know. You know like, shit. You but uh, oh, Billy Kobe, bang. I mean, Wiggins is uh, supposed to be back soon. So Warriors with Wiggins back, you can't sleep on them. But if they play the yeah. first round, it's night night for the Warriors. I'll tell you that. Oh, so, with Wiggins, Wiggins, they're planning for Wiggins to come back for the postseason. I thought they. No, he's back. Him. No, he's I, back. 
He's back. actually oh. back, back. Uh, like he's been practicing all that. He's back. Oh, okay, the secret weapon. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, yeah, I think regardless, it's the Suns and it's everybody else. Oh, Suns, Lakers, and then everybody else. And then we did we did gloss over the East, but we're still on the same page in terms of it's like the Bucks and everyone else, or we're gonna throw Bucks, Celtics in there, and then everyone else. Bucks, Celtics, and then Bucks, Celtics. Yeah, uh, Sixers I, are just a team that I just have to see them get out of the second round for me to be like, oh, okay, maybe. <laughs> I didn't see the Sixers come out of the second round. Yeah, Sixers ain't getting out of the second round. This is Sixers right here. I'm coming to the round. Boxing round. Sorry. <laughs> That's what the Sixers is. Say around. Goodbye. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. They have the Knicks. They're gonna. Are they playing for sure? Are they? Are they matching up for sure? Round one, or is that still up in the air? Because I kind of want to see that. Yeah, Cavs and Knicks is solidified. Yeah, I do want to see that. <laughs> Let me, let me ask you guys something. There's a slight detour to the NFL. Um, just kind of checking, you know, you don't see uh, much movement going on with, with the with the big stories uh, with Lamar Gay and Rogers Gay. I'm just kind of curious because now the rhetoric is slightly adjusting that I've seen is now they're kind of throwing, you know, to Legendary's point, speaking about the Ravens from last week, they are now considering, oh, we need some contingencies for Lamar. You know, was that going to be a Stinson Bennett, like uh, Legendary said, or do you see someone else there? And then for the Rodgers to the Jets, just because there's no movement there, I'm also seeing, too, is a possibility that the Jets are actually thinking about contingencies as well. Yes, they're moving on optimism, but there's some hidden talks of contingencies if that doesn't work out either. So I was just curious to see where you guys were feeling on that or are your emotions are feeling still the same on both teams? Yeah. Uh, they just playing chicken. Yeah, they playing chicken. We got this yeah. twenty days. I feel like the Rogers deal has to get done before the draft. If if it doesn't get done before the draft, I'd be shocked. In terms of the Lamar deal, obviously they're gonna draft a quarterback. So like, <laughs> everyone's gonna like turn it into a bigger deal when they do draft a quarterback. But like, of course they're drafting a quarterback. They have. QB issues with Lamar and not only do they have QB issues with Lamar in terms of his contract it's like it's been in terms of his health the past couple seasons so it's like yeah let's let's draft another QB anyway so I feel like they're going to turn that into a big story obviously the Ravens are going to say yeah we're exploring other options but what they're not saying is we're trading him they're saying we're exploring other options like if he plans to sit out or whatever other threat he can throw out there it's like they're not just going to like put all their chips in Lamar like yeah he's gonna end up he's definitely not gonna like sit out or anything he's not like they know he's upset so obviously they have to have a contingency plan and as far as the Jets go the Jets are idiots but I still think that that deal is gonna get done because uh I think one of their G uh, I think one of their uh executives said it's gonna happen so um but it could be just an optimism thing we'll see I I'm not I'm not really gonna talk much about it until like something happens. Okay. Out of curiosity, <laughs> just you know, I find myself I find myself this season kind of looking at I never like I said, I never used to really put this much attention into NFL drafts in the past. But now this season, I, I don't know why I'm just kind of just kind of seeing more information than I have before. Um how do you guys feel about these analysts in their mock drafts? I mean, do you guys even give that any attention or do you just, you just, it's like whatever to you. I mean, I'm kind of looking in terms of like entertainment just to kind of yeah. see what the quote experts would say. So I was curious to see if you guys actually uh, look at mock drafts. Cause I have a follow-up question to that. I, I don't look at I, I look at it. I look at it like people I like, like Daniel Jeremiah, Bucky Brooks, um, yeah, I mean, I'll look at their drafts, you know, their draft stuff just to see, like, okay, I can see that, you know, that type of thing. It's not like a one-to-one, you know, scenario, but it's just more like, all right, you know, just out of a football junkies, uh, you know, football junkies entertainment, this is this is pretty entertaining to watch. 
But at the end of the day, it's all about the front offices, the teams, and the decisions that they make. Because you never really know, um, you know, until it happens. So, but it's always here's, like, why, here's why I ask. Because I'm with you, Hashmaster. I'm looking in terms of like, oh, just to get extra information, kind of sports or football starved. Let me get something. So here's what I noticed this week, just kind of looking at mock drafts. Um, there was a particular show that NFL Network has. I forgot what it was called, but they go have do their mock drafts. This particular guy, gosh, I wish I did bad reporting on my net on on my half, but this guy doing his mock. This guy has the Texans actually skipping a quarterback on pick two, going defense for Tyree Wilson. And then when it comes to their other picks, picking the quarterback, he has them completely skipping quarterback altogether, drafting defensive pieces and offense where it falls to them, and then getting a quarterback next season. I just wanted to float that idea in terms of, like, how how that hits you. So – to you know to actually validate some of that which is number one a bad idea let's just say yeah that was my initial thought like how could you skip on a quarterback let's say what it is that's a bad idea but there has been official reports floating out there rumors that they might go defense with number two and get a quarterback later and it's like who do we like enough for the texans to be within that realm or could that be them gathering up pieces to build their team and get Lamar I don't know but that's just that's just kind of like how I'm seeing it right now because it's like if you're if you're as bad as the Texans and you're skipping on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud um hell Anthony Richardson um you know I'm not a Will Levis guy but you know, but it's like you're skipping on those three for what? Like, you know, some, somebody to manage the game. You tried that with Davis Mills. Didn't work. You know, this this whole, like, I'm going to build a defense and I just need a quarterback to not make mistakes. F that. That's not winning football. You know, especially a young quarterback. No. If you're trying to win, you know, swing for the fences. But if you're going to do, a you know, a draft strategy in that way, going BPA, best player available, um then you're i would i was i would think that you're going to trade for somebody big that's all i'm saying Mm -hmm. this is exactly why i don't do mock drafts because these theories that get thrown out there are ridiculous i am like let's i'd be willing to bet a lot of money that the texans draft a qb at number two right yeah not too because i i just feel like you you have no cachet to to skip over a quarterback, you know. Especially if you're D'Amico Ryan's, you have six years. I get it. Doesn't mean you're gonna last the whole six years. You know you you need a you need to win. You know you need to win at least double um, what they won last year, which is what six games. So no, they won three games last year, but they need to win six. So it's like you're not doing that with Davis Mills or these hodgepodge quarterbacks that are trash. You need to go get somebody, develop them, stamp your name on it. Or maybe they're, like I said earlier, just the dark horse for Lamar Jackson. We just don't know about it yet. So. Yeah. Well, that leads to my second question. I think I kind of indirectly got legendary's his response, but the second question that I saw in regards to Mox was I'm seeing now like, Oh, a deal with the Colts and the Ravens get done, send Lamar to the Colts. And then with that four spot, the Ra- uh, the Ravens get like a CJ Stroud. So I just going off Darius's or letting Darius's reaction last time, looks like the needle's not going to move with him on that. Just another baseless theory. Right. Could yeah. be. Well, the, the Lamar deal, the Ravens don't have to deal him. Like if anyone gets Lamar, the Ravens are getting two first round picks for him. So, like, they wouldn't they wouldn't be, like, rushing to make a deal. Or the Ravens wouldn't be, like, rushing to make a deal. And all those other teams have to consider, like, am I really going to give up two first-round picks for this guy that's injured and wants a bunch of money? No. Yeah, keep that bum Lamar in Baltimore. <laughs> Interesting. Okay, yeah, just... 
that was just the major things that caught my eye. Just like I said, these mocks are so questionably entertaining that I just had to bring a couple of them to the table. Yeah. Okay. We don't don't have an expert on next week, right, Housemaster? Yeah. uh, So, you know, I'm not going to reveal too much now, but we're going to have somebody, uh, guest speaker, coming on next week. You know, um, he, he has pretty good credentials. The coach of the senior bowl he spends a lot of time with quarterbacks and receivers, but you know, we'll reveal that as the week goes on. All right. Dang. First oh. guest. No, yes. Yes, indeed. And we gonna keep you all on your toes. Keep you waiting. But like always follow us on Instagram, TikTok, like subscribe, rate us five stars and, uh, you know, continue to support what we're doing. And I'm making a bowl prediction this is dropping tomorrow. We're recording Saturday afternoon in the East Coast. Uh, still AM on the West Coast. Izzy Adesanya, the style bender, is about to knock that boy out. Ooh. Right now. You heard it here first. So. Yes, sir. And we're going to see you next week if I'm right or not. Get your bets in. <laughs> Get we your out. free money. Straight up. We out. We out.